Thank you for joining us for the fourth Sunday in Gracious Father, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread, which giveth life to the world, evermore give us this bread, that he may live in us, and we in him, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. First reading is from Joshua. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away from you the disgrace of Egypt, and so that place is called Gilgal to this day. While the Israelites were camped in Gilgal, they kept the Passover in the evening on the 14th day of the month in the plains of Jericho. On the day after the Passover, on that very day, they ate the produce of the land, unleavened cakes, and parched grain. The manna ceased on that day, they ate the produce of the land, and the Israelites no longer had manna. They ate the crops of the land of Canaan that year. The word of the Lord. Let's read together Psalm 32. Happy are they whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sin is put away. Happy are they to whom the Lord imputes no guilt and in whose spirit there is no guile. While I held my tongue, my bones withered away because of my groaning all day long. For your hand was heavy upon me day and night. My moisture was dried up as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my guilt. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. Then you forgave me the guilt of my sin. Therefore, all the faithful will make their prayers to you in time of trouble. When the great waters overflow, they shall not reach them. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like horse or mule, which have no understanding, who must be fitted with bit and bridle, or else they will not stay near you. Great are the tribulations of the wicked, but mercy embraces those who trust the Lord. Be glad, you righteous, and rejoice in the Lord. Shout for joy, all who are true of heart. Second reading is from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. From now on, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view. We know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The word of the Lord. 
Thanks be God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. Glory be to Lord. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming here to listen to Jesus. And the Pharisees and scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would have he would have gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up, go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. While he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. His father said to his slaves, Quick, bring out a rope, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate, for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you. And I have never disobeyed your command. Yet, you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then his father said to him, Son, you are always with me. And all that is mine is yours. 
had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Today, I have rolled away from you the disgrace of Egypt. These words that God says to the people of Israel in the book of Joshua, the people who are about to enter the promised land. In this story is the point at which the manna stops and the fruit of the land begins. Today, I have rolled away from you the disgrace of Egypt. This small passage happens after a nearly 400-year exile in the land of Egypt where the people of God were held in bondage. Now, that time jump, as you read the Bible, seems like almost nothing. The Bible just kind of glosses over four centuries. But in reality, that's an extremely long time. Think about what is 400 years? This is the year 2022. You would have to go back to 1622 to think about what is 400 years ago. <clears throat> that is the distance, more or less, between today and the arrival of the Mayflower. You have to think about the entirety of what we know of as American history has happened in the last 400 years. You have colonization, the slave trade, revolution, civil war, westward expansion, the entirety of the 20th century, all the way up to this day. <clears throat> and you think about how in 400 years, how much our entire culture as Americans has developed. Our food, music, dialects, literature, art, and thought. An extraordinary amount of things can happen in 400 years. <clears throat> and for the people of Israel, their entire culture and identity was wrapped up in this time. Their homeland that they were just coming into was as distant of memory for them as King Charles I and the beginning of the witch trials is for us. Israel's culture was most likely at that time almost inseparable from their time in Egypt and their entire self-understanding the way that they knew themselves to be was wrapped up in what it was to be an enslaved people. And just like that, God rolled away their disgrace. Name the place Gilgal, which literally means to roll in Hebrew. God gave them a fresh start as they entered a new land. A fresh start is something that is quite fascinating to imagine after that time period. But we human beings have a very different understanding of the way that shame works than the way God does. You know, it's funny that we don't just erase the past so easily. 
I know a lot of times when I go back uh, to the town I grew up in and I visit my family or I go to a family reunion, inevitably somebody will bring up something that I did as a small child. <clears throat> you know, a thing that I might have said or done that's maybe a funny story, but of course this was four decades ago and I was five. You know, my credit score doesn't even hold that kind of a grudge. But the thing about putting your past behind you is it's hard because where human memory fails, in some cases we even ingrain it into our institutions. And this is particularly a problem today in this day and age. Because today you can't just put your past behind you so easily. There are things like medical records, criminal records, school transcripts, background checks, and the almighty Google. And, and like an elephant, Google never forgets. <clears throat> and even when someone tries to put the past behind them, society simply will not allow it. For good or for bad, the person that you no longer are may always be projected onto you. That's how human memory often works. It does not like to forget. We heard today one of the most powerful parables in the gospel, what is often called the parable of the prodigal son. Most of you have probably heard this one before, as we hear it many, many times. A father who's very wealthy is asked by one of his sons, the younger, to divide the inheritance. Give me what will come to me when you die. He gives him all his half of the inheritance. The younger son goes off, squanders it. There's a famine. He's, he ends up working with pigs, which of course in a Jewish culture would be a sign of something dirty and shameful. And then he comes to his senses. He prepares a speech. And you gotta love the speech he gives. You know, he's repeating it over and over in his mind. He goes back to his father and he barely even gets that speech out of his mouth. And the father, unlike many people, wipes away the past and says, put on him a clean robe, give him rings, put good sandals on his feet. And we're gonna slaughter the fatted calf and we're going to throw a celebration because what was lost is now found. Now that's a wonderful part, but of course it's not the end of the story because then the older brother, who for some reason didn't get invited to the party, <clears throat> hears the commotion and he says, what's going on? And the, one of the servants says, oh, your brother's come back and we're holding a celebration. And you gotta love this, when he goes up to the father, he won't even go in, dad comes out, and what does he say? We've all heard this in our family, right? That son of yours, you know, he, he won't even acknowledge his own relationship. And what does the father do? He says, no, this brother of yours has come back. What was lost has now been found. And at the very end of this story, after the older son has raised all this fuss in celebrating his brother's return, the father says to him, son, 
You are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It's an acknowledgement that everything, everything is going to go to him. He already knows it. But we also know, because we've already heard the story, we know that half the father's wealth has already been, it's gone. It's been squandered by this younger brother. And now, as you can imagine, the older brother, what he sees is this younger brother's cutting into even more of his wealth by having this party. So does this mean that dad is going to be supporting this son of his for the rest of his life out of my inheritance? Kind of almost imagine those gears turning in there. But of course, there's something really big that the older son misses. <clears throat> and that was that none of this wealth was really his to begin with. Whose wealth is it? It's the dad's. It's the father's wealth. Everything that that older son was going to get is he's coming is coming to him just because he's going to inherit it from his father. So unlike wealth, we're not here to talk about wealth. Of course, we are here to talk about grace. And unlike wealth, grace is not a finite resource. Grace does not run out. Giving it to someone does not mean that there is less of it for me. Although I will say that Christians would do well to treat money a bit more like grace in this way. But grace is different. Grace is not earned or deserved. And when we think about its inverse, when we talk about disgrace, it only exists because of the withholding of grace. If we hold someone in disgrace, it is a reflection of our own inability to extend forgiveness and a generosity of spirit. Now, of course, <clears throat> people can abuse of the grace extended to them. People can take forgiveness and run all kinds of wrong ways with it and continue to do horrible things given grace. They can do things like not extend it to others, but that is a reflection on them. In the parable, in fact, it is true that the younger son does have to live with pigs for a while because he did, in fact, abuse of the grace. He squandered the inheritance. It's a reminder to us that when we are extended great grace, we should accept it gracefully and treat it as something of value. Grace is not something to be exploited. Like the people of Israel, our disgrace has been rolled back. God has given all of us, each one of you and me, grace upon grace upon grace, infinite grace. And in return, we must treat that grace with reverence, extend it to others, not be jealous of the grace that others have received. 
We must remember that all grace is ultimately God's to give. And then when it is given to us, it is ours to accept, honor, and to extend further. And when we do that, when we extend that grace further, we neither reflect the older nor the younger brother, but rather we reflect the father who rolls back the disgrace of all of his children. Thank you for joining the St. John the Divine podcast. If you're interested in worshiping with us, you can visit us at 9 a.m. at our church, which is at 216 East Chandler Boulevard in Burlington, Wisconsin. If you want to learn more about us, you can click the link in the description or visit stjohnthedivine.org. Just remember, we're the one in Burlington, Wisconsin, not the cathedral in New York. Have a great day. Bye.